0: On today's Garnet Community Podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Ludi Wang and Maurice Bosch who work at Ar- Aberystwyth University and we're talking about a paper just published in the Journal of Experimental Botany, the title of which is New Insights and Opportunities into Papaver Self-Incompatibility by Imaging Engineered Arabidopsis Pollen. So thanks very much Maurice and Lundi for joining us today. It'd be great if you'd give us an overview of this, uh, this really interesting paper please.
1: Well first of all thank you for inviting us for this podcast. So Maybe step back a little bit. And so self-incompatibility is a genetically controlled mechanism that prevents uh, self-fertilization in, in many flowering plants. Mm-hmm. And so promotes um, outbreeding, preventing inbreeding. And um, before giving an overview of the paper, I would really like to acknowledge the work that has been done in Noni Franklin Tong's lab for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, because she really has established the PAPAVA, so we're talking about the PAPAVA self-incompatibility, poppy self-incompatibility system she really has kind of um, established it as one of the leading model systems for self-incompatibility and so we have quite detailed knowledge of the signaling events that take place after an incompatible interaction between uh, the male component, which is PRPS, expressed in the pollen
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the female component PRSS, which is a secreted protein uh, by the the stigma. Um, And so while we uh, developed quite a a detailed picture of the signaling events using the Popava system over the years, um, so for instance, we know that there's an increase in in calcium, there is uh, modifications of the actin cytoskeleton in the pollen tubes, we get an increase in reactive oxygen species, and we get... Quite rapid arrest of pollen tube growth, but ultimately we also get programmed cell death. So we know that all these events are are happening, but we kind of reached uh,
0: a bit of a bottleneck in pushing this research on self incompatibility further using the endogenous system Mm -hmm. because of a lack of genetic resources
1: available for the poppy system. And so fairly recent work, also in Noni's lab, has shown that we can transfer this self incompatibility system of the poppy into Arabidopsis, so that's a functional transfer. And we can do that basically in two ways. Either we only express the male component, PRPS, Mm -hmm. in the pollen of Arabidopsis, we can then culture the pollen tubes in vitro and add the recombinant PRXS protein, the female component. and so we can kind of mimic the uh, incompatibility response in vitro, or we can also express the female component uh, PRSS in the stigma of the Arabidopsis. So we express both components, and then we basically render self—we uh, render Arabidopsis, which is normally self-compatible, fully incompatible. So there's no seed set. Mm-hmm. So that was a, kind of the starting point of the, the present paper, and we knew from the some previous papers that described the heterologous Arhodopsis SI system, that certain events were similar, but that wasn't studied in any detail. So in this paper, we mostly used uh, genetically encoded fluorescent uh, uh, probes and markers, together with lifestyle imaging, to really get a more um, detailed um, overview of the different events. So firstly, we can really validate Uh, certain key hallmark features that happen in papaver SI and establish if these happen in the Arabidopsis system. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondly, we have uh, a much more temporal resolution, so using lifestyle imaging we can really uh, follow these events through time. And um, thirdly, we can also start to look at interactions between events. So for instance, uh, is there a link between the cytosolic acidification that is triggered Mm-hmm. Upon an incompatible interaction and modifications in the actin cytoskeleton. And lastly, we can use this system also to identify new components that are involved in the self incompatibility program cell DAS system. So, in this paper, for instance, we showed that uh, there are changes in Catherine mediated endocytosis triggered by the self incompatibility system. So, so I guess in summary, this study really shows the robustness mm-hmm. of this heterologous uh, aerodopsis SI system and kind of set, sets us up for future studies to, to study certain aspects in much more detail.
0: Absolutely. So as you said, this is a really cool experimental system. So Ludi, you obviously did the, did the work on this. So can you describe the kind of the actual specifics of the system and you know, how you went about doing the imaging and, and some of the other uh, analysis that you looked at?
2: So, the system setup itself is not new in this project because previously the work's been done in Mm papaver. Previous work also been done by using papaver pollen tubes growing in a glass bottom dish um, in medium, and then um, also the recombinant PRSS protein was added to induce the self-incompatibility. Okay. Uh, Then, so in this project, of course, it's uh, very challenging because there's a difference between apopsis, pollen tube, and the PAPA. It's smaller, it requires more strict um, conditions. Okay. To um, really germinate the pollen tube, and also um, to make it convenient to um, adding treatment um, for different experiments. We need to use a liquid medium rather than a solid, agro based medium. And also, um, when the pollen tube is growing, um, also the the focusing of the microscope is a problem. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes the pollen tube will grow out of the focus, will grow out of the field. So yeah, so it took us some time to really adapt the previously used system to this project um, for the apodopsis pollen tube.
0: Intuitively growing things in liquid media means that they can go anywhere. So people can read the paper and they can see there's some really nice precise imaging of pollen tubes and you show really um, quick temporal changes and expression of, of, of different markers. So how did you manage to do that within a liquid media? That's really challenging. So
2: the plant cells, and to really float around yeah it just in liquid so um, we use the polyalysine to coat the glass bottom surface and mm-hmm. um, of course this doesn't guarantee that every single pollen tube will stick so that's why we need to make sure that the germination rate is high so that we have lots of pollen tubes okay growing okay And also, um, sometimes it could get very crowded, (laughs) so we need to make sure um, we can find a tube that's growing happily and um, sticking to the glass bottom and also don't have other tubes surrounded. it growing pollen tube, So, yeah, it is
0: challenging, but it's doable. That's, so, I think with many papers, we see this. So, uh, the beautiful images that you show in the in the paper may be not representative of the pain it got to actually get those images uh, initially. In some ways, you recapitulated what you found in the in the poppy system. But can you let us know what you found you, uh, differently using this Arabidopsis system compared to what you didn't know previously with the poppy system in, in, in the regard to the, the incompatible response?
2: First of all, the um, very novel part of this paper is that we um, discovered the um, cluttering mediated endocytosis is, is uh, hugely affected at a very early stage of self-incompatibility mm-hmm. so um, we were using this uh, fluorescence tool that um, it's got a fluorescence protein tagging a protein called T-plate it's part of the um, t plate complex that is very crucial for clathrin-mediated endocytosis. Mm-hmm. Um, so soon after we triggered the self-incompatibility, we found the localization of these proteins um, changed from, they usually localize at the plasma membrane, at the sub, uh, sub-apical region. Mm-hmm. And however, after self-incompatibility, This localization um, got dissipated, Um, so it doesn't. They see it doesn't localize on the plasma membrane anymore, and then, of course, uh, roughly around the same time, the pollen tube stopped growing. Okay. And this is this hasn't been found in the papaver system before. Okay. And this could be um, a very important discovery to explain that why the pollen tube just uh, stop growing soon after the self con- self-incompatibility treatment.
0: And another paper focuses on actin filament reorganisation. Can, so can you tell us a little bit about the work that you did in that area?
2: The previously used method was to use the phylloidium staining, basically kill the cells and fix the cells. Okay. Um, but in our system, we were using the LifeAct um, and Ruby Um, probe so that we can label the affecting cytoskeleton and then do the live cell imaging so that basically we can um, image and record the process of the change to the affecting cytoskeleton and so that we added in more details of how this um, long actin filament reorganized and remodeled into um, different structure for example the um foci structure
0: i was going to say you show some lovely images where where the um the, the filaments re- come into these foci during during the pollen well when the growth stops i guess so so you know you mentioned the two things about the actin there and also about the T plate and there are another a number of other aspects that people can look at about pH, for example, pH changes and calcium signaling, when it happens. So you've set up this system, though. You've learned some new things. So where is this going now? What, what, are the, what questions are you hoping to answer now using this system?
1: At the moment, Ludi is really um, looking into more detail uh, into these actin modifications okay. and so really trying to understand how the organization goes from the normal organization that we see in growing pollen tubes to these distinct F-actin foresight that are being triggered upon cell incompatibility, which we know are important for triggering later on the program cell death system. So she's using live cell imaging with the live act probe together with some quite powerful image analysis and also um, looking at actin binding proteins to try to
0: establish what is involved in the um, production of these
1: uh, f-actin foresight because we still don't understand how they are formed and so uh, we are also planning experiments where we do uh, co-sedimentation assays so f-actin co-sedimentation studies together with uh, actin binding proteins and also in vitro actin polymerization Mm -hmm. uh, again with recombinantly expressed actin binding proteins and changing the physiological conditions so that is one aspect Um, The other aspect is, um, so we know that self incompatibility induces increases in reactive oxygen species. We also know that this leads to uh, oxidative modifications of certain proteins um, that are involved in um, regulating the actin cytoskeleton, so we know that actin itself is oxidatively modified and also certain actin binding proteins. And we know also that a lot of proteins involved in the energy metabolism in pollen tubes are oxidatively modified. So this will be kind of the topic of uh, a new BBSRC uh, grant that will start by the end of the summer. Mm -hmm. And this is a collaborative project together
0: with Nick Smirnos Group at the University of, of Exeter. OK, excellent. So so I think we'll leave it there. I mean, I'll urge people to go and have a look at the paper. The images are beautiful in, in this paper, but there's a lot of videos online as well that you can people can really see the live imaging that has been, been done. Not so easy to put down on paper, those, obviously. But no, thanks very much, guys. I mean, it's really interesting area, and it's fantastic that you can you know set up this system that will now allow you to answer lots of other interesting questions in the future. So thanks very much for, for talking to us today. Thanks for having
2: us.